All right. Allies and enemies. This week we're going to talk about enemy number two. Can anybody guess what that is? The world. The world. No, kind of close. False teachers. False teachers. It's you were close. All right. Let's open up in prayer and then we're going to jump in. Okay. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for um, all that you've given us, this opportunity that you've given us to come together. God, I thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sins, God. And I pray, Lord, that I wouldn't take that for granted and that I would take this moment tonight, that we would take this time tonight to learn about you and grow closer to you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, so this week I was, um, it was Monday actually, I was on my way to work. And the, cr- the craziest stuff happens to me. Some of you may have seen this on Facebook, but I swear I think that God creates these weird circumstances in my life because God says you're a youth pastor and you need ridiculous stories. So on a weekly basis, the, these dumb things happen to me. So I'm driving to work and it's dark in the car and I look in the rearview mirror, and you know when it's dark outside and you look in the rearview mirror, all you can see is the lights behind you. You can't really see any objects like in the back of the car or anything. But I see this outline, and it was very troubling in my back window, like inside my car. It was a rat. <laughs> dead, for real, dead serious. Y'all can ask Ken. I text Ken that day. I said, hey, have you ever had a rat in your car? I mean, this thing was a monster, and I looked in my rearview mirror, and my eyes got really big, and this thing, like, ran across the back of the seat and then went down somewhere. Now, listen, that's not the biggest problem. That didn't trouble me more than, like, it being in there didn't bother me. The fact that it was dark and I didn't know where it was really weirded me out. Like, the idea of some massive rat jumping on me without me seeing it really troubles me. You know what I'm saying? I remember when I was a kid there, I I don't have a lot of experience with mice and rats. Um, We, you know, we don't, I don't know, I've just not really been around a lot of those, so I'm kind of uncomfortable with it. Um, They're weird to me and nasty, and I don't know what to do with them. But I have one experience that I could draw a memory from, and I knew kind of what to do because I was kind of flipped out about this rat being in my car and it being dark and, you know, jumping on me. It grossed me out. And that memory was when I was a kid. I remember um, we were at home one day, and it was just me, my brother, and my mom. My stepdad was still at work, and we saw a mouse in our house. And my mom wasn't too excited about the mouse. So what she taught me as a kid, whenever you see a mouse, is you sit on the couch and every single time it runs out from the kitchen, you scream as loud as you can. And then it'll run back into the kitchen and hide. And then a few minutes later, it'll run back out and then you scream as loud as you can um, (laughs) while kicking your feet and not putting your feet on the floor because, you know, the little bitty mouse might attack you evidently. I was seven or eight, I don't know. So I drew from that memory. So as I'm driving to work, (laughs) driving to work, again, 31-year-old, overweight dude that could easily crush a mouse every two or three minutes. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I turned up the music, I turned up the radio, man, the 
radio was blaring. And then at some point, I started feeling ridiculous being a grown man, yelling at a random mouse, hoping it'll stay in the back. So I started trying to disguise it as if anybody could see me. I don't know. It made me feel comfortable. So, so I try to disguise it in like my everyday, like, <laughs> right? And I'd be doing these weird things, trying to keep them out. <laughs> hurt my throat. <laughs> trying to keep the mouse in the back of the car. <laughs> See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, if you had like a, like a camera in my car and you were recording me, I would look like an absolute idiot driving to work Monday morning with this rat in my car. Right? You see, but, but how does this come around when you think of false teachers? See, as a kid, my mom taught me that, hey, this is how you deal with a rat. You yell and scream. And that's probably not the most, I mean, it helped at the moment. The rat didn't jump on me. And I never did find the rat. Me and Carson, we set some traps up in the car. We cleaned it out. We, I even took the spare tire out of the car. That rat is not in my car. I don't know. I'm telling you, God sent that rat. It's a Holy Spirit-filled rat for this story. <laughs> that's how Jesus works, man. See, but here's the thing. We're talking about false teachers, and the reason that they are enemy number two behind, remember, the enemy number one was Satan. The reason false teachers are enemy number two is because, because they sell you something. They sell you onto something, and you start to believe in something that's not biblical, and that tre- brings you down the wrong path, Right? It gives you a, a skewed perspective on how to live life. It gives you a skewed perspective on how to react in certain situations. It gives you a skewed perspective on how to deal with relationships, how to deal with people, how to deal with your parents, how to deal with girlfriends and boyfriends and, and just friendships in general. Because you've been taught something that's not godly by false teachers. Listen to this. Here's the big idea, and then we're going to jump in. The way to discern whether someone is leading you either toward righteousness or towards destruction is by judging their fruit. Trust those who, who know the Christ of the Bible and act on his teachings. So that's the big picture. When it comes down to it, when it comes down to modeling your life around someone, when, when creating habits... Uh, that you've seen from other people, I want you to understand the importance of looking for someone, finding someone that you can look up to that, run, that, that runs their life, that lives their life according to godly biblical principles. Because that's important. And we're going to see that in Matthew chapter 7. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 7. If not, that's okay. We're going to put them up here. Um, But I would really like for you guys to bring your Bibles. There's something about having the actual Word of God with you and flipping those pages and and reading these words out of that book. But Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 is where we're going to start. And first of all, I want you to see that, that truth is tough. Right? This is how we're going to open this thing up. Truth is tough. Truth is hard. Right? And false is easy. Like the wrong way to live, that's the easy way to live. Like the right way to live, the truth according to God's word, that's hard. That's difficult. Look at this in verse um, 13. Matthew 7, verse 13 says this Enter through the narrow gate. What does narrow mean? Small. 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 
small, not wide. All right? Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. So here's the thing. I feel like there are two reasons that we see this illustration by Jesus Christ. This is Jesus Christ telling us this. Jesus is saying, hey, listen, there's, there's two lives life paths that you could take. Now, here's the cool thing. This way, it's really big. Like, this is a big interstate, right? Going this way. And then going this way, it's really small. But here's the trick. This way leads to life, but this way is hard. You see, number one, um, it's narrow because it's more difficult to follow Christ. Like, that's why it's got to be narrow. But it, it paints a picture of... Uh, Harder to stay on. How many of you all watch the Olympics? How many of you are absolutely non-gymnast, okay? So if you do the cheerleading, the, the gymnast, and the flips, and tumbling, and whatever you call that stuff, all right, you might not be so impressed, but I am amazed by the people and how they can do things on these little beams, right? Like, I can't even walk straight, and these people are like doing flips and doing cartwheels and, and spinning. And what's that? That one girl, she gets down and she spins in circles really fast on the beam. Like that blows my mind, right? Yeah, her. She's really good. She's really good at that, right? See, here's the thing. That's more difficult than walking on this stage, I'm going to be much more successful if you say, hey, Chris, I want you to walk across the stage. That's going to be easier to me than getting a balance beam this length and saying, hey, Chris, I want you to walk across that. Now, one's going to be more entertaining than the other, but one's more narrow than the other, and it's more difficult. And that's what God's painting a picture of right here. You see, here's the thing. Um, going on that narrow road, it calls for knowledge of the truth. It calls for repentance of your sins. It calls for submission to Christ. See, and we say that, and we say that, and we believe that, and we think that, and we tell people. You say, you know, Pastor Chris, I, I, I am repentful of my sin. I don't know if repentful is a word. Is repentful a word? I just made it a word, right? You say, hey, it's, I submit my life to Christ, Pastor Chris. Like, that, that's easy for me. I get that. I get how to do that. And it all sounds easy, but rarely do we actually put into action. For example, let me give you a couple of examples. Let's see if you've truly submitted to Christ, right? What about this? Now, these things don't mean you're going to hell, just to clarify, all right? But listen, when we cheat on a test, I mean, the Bible doesn't say anything against cheating, Right? It doesn't say, hey, don't cheat on math exams, right? You see, but it's not honest. It's not godly. What about this one? When we refuse to get over our bitterness and anger and fail to forgive someone. How many of you have someone at school, to be completely honest, that um, you refuse to forgive them? Yep. That's what I thought. <laughs> right? What about this? When we make excuses as to why and convince ourselves that it's okay to listen to that music or watch that movie. What about this one? When we are rebellious or disobedient to our parents. 
right? When we gossip, when we talk about other people in a way that hurts other people instead of lifts other people up. Not so easy, is it? Like, it's difficult, it's hard. See, but then the second reason Jesus gives us that illustration, it's narrow because not as many people will choose that path. Right? This one kind of seems like common sense to me, but the path to Jesus can be smaller because less people are traveling on it. If you look out at your schools, if you look out in, in your um, neighborhoods, you're going to find that most people aren't traveling on this little road leading to Jesus Christ. It's not convenient for them. It's not popular. Right? I would say that some of you are probably here tonight not to learn about God, not to hear what God's word has to say to you, but rather you're here tonight because you want to hang out with a buddy and play basketball in the gym. Like, I'm not going to complain about that because now you're stuck listening to me talk. (laughs) That's pretty awesome if you ask me. But, but most of us, if we'll admit, most of us, we carry on our lives, we go through our daily lives without submitting to Christ, without reaching for that, that narrow road, that small road, road that's more difficult to live. But then look at this, verse 15. Secondly, actions are louder than words. Check this out, verse 15. Beware the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad trees bear bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire, so then you will know them by their fruits. Actions are louder than words. And I love how Jesus puts that. He says they come in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're wolves. In other words, whenever you look at these people, whenever you um, view these people, whenever you, uh, you, you start to want to be like that person, maybe on the outside they look good. Maybe on the outside they look healthy. Maybe on the outside they look like the kind of guy that you want to be, the kind of girl that you want to be. But inwardly, they're rotten. Like on the inside, yeah, they can say this. They know the lingo. They know the words. They know how to present themselves in a way that can get um, your parents to, to respect them. Right? Maybe it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Um, maybe, uh, you know, Peyton gets herself a boyfriend and, he, and she brings him home. And, and really, he's not a very nice guy, but he knows how to dress himself and he knows how to fix his hair and he knows how to speak in a way to impress Ken. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, maybe... See, but here's the thing, Um, that's only going to last so long before the true fruit comes out. Then the true can comes out. Listen, y'all thought that was bad earlier. I shared on Facebook, I know, I don't know if any of you watched it, if if you didn't, I would encourage you 
to get on our youth Facebook page and watch that video. Um, I know Savannah watched it. She liked it. If you don't have Facebook, let me know, and I will show you the video. But basically, it's this girl who, who met a guy online. She met a guy on Facebook. And, and I put this on there, and, and kind of still applies now, um, to be careful out there, Right? But this girl met this guy, and, and they started talking on Facebook and stuff, and, and he really got her to buy into him. He was older than her. She was 15, I think, and he was an older guy. And suddenly, um, she, you know, she's lying to her parents about going to friend's house, but really she's going to see this guy. Well, it led to her being raped and killed, right? You see, he presented himself. This guy presented himself to be this loving, caring guy that cared about her, that thought she was beautiful, that thought she was, uh, you know, worth everything. And she, she really felt good around him, but inside he was a wolf. Right? And that's the same thing that Satan wants to do to each and every single one of you. So he puts these ideas in your life, and what they are is they're false teachers. Right? Like they do the exact same thing that... That this God did, did to this girl, and that they entice you, Satan draws you in, and he looks good, and he makes you feel like he cares about you, and he makes you feel like he wants to lift you up, he wants to build you up, he wants to create you into something greater than you already are, and he makes you feel like you can be bigger than the world and stronger than the world, and, and really deep down inside, all he wants to do is destroy you, Right? Like, that's why you see these billboards of, of, you know, maybe Victoria's Secret models on these, these massive billboards, and you girls believe this lie that I must look like that in order to be accepted, and that's not true. That's a false teaching. Right? That's why Satan feeds you these lies to make you believe things about yourself when it's not true. It's a false teaching. You see, you've got to watch out for these people because they don't produce the fruit. And that's how you can know. You can look. You get to know someone. You get to, you get to build a relationship with someone, right? Like, like, I hope that you guys know you can trust me. You know, whenever I'm teaching you about God's Word, whenever I'm reading you Scripture, and I'm teaching you what that Scripture means, and I'm explaining to you what that Scripture means, I hope that you can trust me, and you can believe me, and you can say, well, well, Pastor Chris said this, so this must be right, but I want to encourage you to not just take my word for it, search it out, right? If I say something in here, if, if Ken says something in here, and he's talking to you, search it out, go home. Read your Bible. Look in your Bible. See what the Bible has to say about that. Right? You see, the difference between me and a lot of these false teachers is hopefully you can see some positive fruit coming out of my life. Right? You see, you can look at these people. You can look at... You know, maybe famous people or maybe, you know, your teachers at school or, or your coaches or, you know, people within the church. And you can see, hey, um, you know, Jamie's a good example for me to follow because she has positive fruit coming from her life. You know, Jed, someone I can look up to because I can see Jed and he, he's producing this good fruit. 
And then there's Ken, and he's producing rotten apples. I don't want to be like that guy. Right? You see what I'm saying? Like, you can look at people, you can see their fruit, you can see how they live their life, you can see how they, they handle themselves in certain situations, right? Like, for me, that, you know, Ken's heart surgery, that was something that was encouraging to me, right? Because not everybody would, be, they would have the same mindset that Ken had going into heart surgery, like, that was encouraging to me. That's something for, for me to look up to and say, hey, I can do this. Look, look, Ken handled it this way. You know, maybe you've got someone in your life. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's a teacher, and they handle things in a godly way. Take from that because they're not a false teacher. Stop buying into these lies that Satan are trying to get you to buy into. Right? Believing that you need to get back at someone because they did you wrong. Believing that you must um, be the funniest person in your class regardless of whose feelings it hurts. Listen, I've been there and done that. I've, I've tried to make jokes and be funny and absolutely crushed people's hearts. Right? Like, and in, in it, in it crushes my heart to think it, how I used to treat people that way because that's not right. That's not godly. And then the minute that you start thinking about your life and you think, well, what difference does it make? Right? I can give you a very specific example, a very real um, human, real life, very close to us example. Um, and that's my little boy, right? Someone that I love very much. There's a certain person in this room and they know who they are that he thinks hung the moon, right? Unfortunately, it's Daniel. <laughs> See, here's the thing. The minute that Daniel thinks no one's watching, he's got a little five-year-old that looks at Daniel and says, well, Daniel did that. Like, like, you tell me, listen, you tell me that your actions don't matter. Sometimes they mean the world to someone else. How you handle a certain situation means the world to someone else. You can make a difference in people's lives, Right? But you've got to stick to that narrow path. You've got to stick to that, that difficult path. Like sometimes you're going to get off that path, right? Sometimes you're going to slip off a little bit. But you've got to get right back on. Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, it's tough. But, but it's something that we have to do. But then the last part of this, in verses 24 through 27, we see that false teaching is weak, Right? We see that false teaching is weak. Look at this, verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against the house, and yet it did not fall, for it, for it had yet founded, for it had yet been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against the house and it fell and great was its fall. 
You see this picture that Jesus is painting is very simple. Like when you build your life, when you take and you build your life, uh, a, the foundation of your life on Him, right? When you build the foundation of your life on God's Word, reading God's Word. Listen, is it always fun to read the Bible? Raise your hand if you think it's fun 24-7 read the Bible. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. Like, it's not. <laughs> Sometimes, let's be honest, the Bible's boring, <laughs> Sometimes the Bible's awesome. <laughs> you look at the Old Testament. Like, some of the stuff in the Old Testament is fun to read, man. But then some of it, man, is like, ah, can I go to sleep? <laughs> but if you build your foundation on God's Word, on the, on the principles displayed in the Bible, then your foundation's going to be strong. Your, your, your life is going to be strong. But if you build your foundation on people that are teaching you to live your life the wrong way. I see this all the time with celebrities, man. I don't even think y'all realize how hooked y'all get to celebrities. Right? Like, don't look at other people just because, you know, um, it's not Justin Bieber. You all have someone. <laughs> right? We do that. We, we attach ourselves to these celebrities and we will stay with them thick and thin and we will live like them no matter what. And, and, it, and it doesn't always work out for the good. Listen to me. Because here's the thing. If you build your life, if you build that foundation off the way that these false teachers live their lives, off the, the ideas of these false teachers, these off of Satan's lifestyle, then you're going to be weak. And whenever that storm comes in your life, whenever that problem comes in your life, you're, going to not, you, you, you're not going to know the answers to that situation. You're not going to know how to handle uh, that situation. If you're failing to pray during a certain situation with some friends, maybe you're failing to pray with a certain situation with some parents, or maybe you're failing to pray with, you know, with a work situation or a school situation, and you're not seeking guidance from God, but rather you're seeking guidance from these false teachers, those storms are just going to crash you down and destroy you. But if you go at that thing, whatever it is, if you go at that thing with the Bible, with God, with a, with a strong prayer life, with some, some solid advice, Right? Like maybe you've got a situation and you're embarrassed to talk about it, but you know you really need some help. Come talk to one of us about it because, because I trust that every adult in this room will give you sound advice. And if they don't have sound advice, listen, I'm not too big to say I don't know. Right? Because you've got to build your foundation on God. You've got to walk down that narrow road. You've got to work at it and fight at it. And sometimes it stings and sometimes it hurts. But you keep on going because you love God. And you're going to serve God with everything you got. Right? So watch out for these false teachers, man. Watch out for these false doctrines that, that teach you ungodly perspectives on life because they're there to destroy you. 
And I don't want to see that in any of your lives. Everybody lock up. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you once again. God, thank you for this uh, message. God, I pray that you'd help us to apply it to our lives. God, I pray that you would just help us to view people and uh, things from a different perspective going forward, God, that we would be on our, on our guard at all times looking for um, godly fruit out of people's lives. And, and those are the people that we want to follow and, and learn from God and and, and Lord, I pray that as, as we grow older, as these teenagers grow older, that they would um, understand the importance they bear on someone's life and uh, that they would uh, bear godly fruit um, as an example for those younger ones that, that are coming up behind them. God, I pray that you would just keep us safe as we go from here. Bring us back Sunday morning. It's in your name we pray. Amen.